What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at ovationup.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Pete Gibson. He's the former CIO or CTO of Friendlies, Johnny Rockets, Wyndham Worldwide, Alamo Car Rental. He spent 14 years in the Navy and he's taken his tech talents from New York to Florida, from DC to Shanghai. I am super excited to chat with you today, Pete. Thanks for joining us on Give and Ovation. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, Zach. So tell me a little bit about uh, what keeps you busy nowadays. I'm consulting for restaurant companies. So a lot of them are moving into the world, of course, of digital. And in the restaurant industry, they haven't had a lot of experience in it. And it's just not, they look at they look at technology as the point of sale or the systems in the back or right. the IT group. They don't look at that technology team as an ability to generate revenue for the company. It's not like the IT team generate the revenue. But it is in other industries like hotels, car rental, and the other areas that you introduced me to, IT is instrumental to the success of the company because we do the technology, but then we also have things on top of like revenue management, yield management, taking pricing up and down and so forth that we really impact the revenue. All this is greatly new to the restaurant companies uh, who slowly over time will probably adopt it but uh, is really instrumental in creating additional revenue and success for a company. So let's talk about that a little bit, because it is true that technology has often been relegated to just a a line item, a cost. Um, It's interesting that the very first thing you talk about is revenue. Talk to me about that. Is that something like, how does does that work? It's... uh... Yeah. So most of the companies, well, in the restaurant companies, I, you go in there and I honestly, I have found IT relegated to the back corner. They're in the uh-huh. back. Yes. But one of the most innovative things that's happening in restaurants is technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're doing it through uh, what is product procurement. I'm buying Olo or something of that nature to understand what's going on in my business to improve it. And they look at it as they're just bolting it on. And you're right. They look at it as a cost. How much does OLO cost me? Yes. They don't look at it as an ability to generate revenue. And then they just go, well, that's a revenue stream coming in. But yeah, but what are the other things that you put on top of to generate revenue? We already talked about revenue management and yield management. But do they kind of look at it as a business? And so, and, and real simple, and we got, an, of course, changing an organization from pricing into yield management is really interesting. It's, it's really was interesting. It's really kind of difficult, too. But let me just give you a case in point. They're all your delivery systems. They um, will allow you to, of course, deliver to a geographic area and a radius and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then there are all these debates about, well, you know, it takes packaging and things like that. I don't want to spend a lot of money on it. And these are real right. debates. So insulated cups and things, of insulated cups, good branding for the packaging, things of that nature. And they kind of say, well, we don't want to spend the money on it. You know, don't want to do that. And I go, time out. And this is the IT guy saying this. Let me tell you something. 
So if I go to an insulated cup or like a milkshake or something, uh-huh. and then with that insulated cup, I it's going to cost me 25 cents more. I put that on to the customer in the checkout profile of a sustainability charge, 25, 50 cents. And keep in mind, they're already paying a real premium for the food to be delivered. Uh-huh. And then in the system, I will expand the delivery radius from, let's just say, four miles, an extra mile, because I now have an insulated cup uh-huh. that can deliver the food further, or uh, you know, I can deliver the food for- further. And then at the end of it, that means I get more revenue coming in. And we're always watching a heavy analytics package. We're always watching the analytics for demand, what is working, not working, channels, and so forth. Interesting. So I, I think that there's things like that, that that type of thought process is so essential. And if if everyone could really focus on the fact that there's there's two goals for a restaurant when it comes to finance and two goals for any business, uh, save money, make money, right? It's, it's pretty simple. But when you, but a lot of times tech, they look at it as like, this is neither here nor there. This is the cost of doing business. But but when you take that step back and you really look at technology as a partner and not as something relegated to the back burner, but something that's put in the forefront and something that's a, you know, the secret ingredient in everything you do, then there's so much more power there. And I love that idea of thinking through how can you, uh, how can you leverage and utilize technology, even if it costs a little bit more to drive that revenue and to drive additional cost savings elsewhere. And I think that, and when, and when you look at this, I think Pete, one, one of the questions I have is what are some mistakes that you see most restaurants making when it comes to technology? The one of the biggest ones is they're buying stovepipe systems and they don't integrate and you don't get the full picture of what's mm-hmm. going on in the business. So they'll do buy this solution over here for this issue. And then they'll buy this solution over here for this issue. It's all siloed. Yeah, everything's siloed. And then you try to figure out the numbers and what's going on and so forth. And and you miss terribly. So, and I'm not saying it's been a lot of money on integration. Yes, you got to go do some integration, but more look at your analytics packages and what you're doing and how you're pulling it together. There's much more to a business than just um, than just the reports coming out of the point of sale system, case in point. So if I was to listen to day parts, day parts is an industry standard. And I kind of think it's an old industry standard. Been there a long time. So the, the operations guys came to me and they said, you know, hey, this is great. We're now a food delivery business. I said, no, you're not. Said, what do you mean we're not? I said, you are a dessert delivery business. I said, what do you mean? Look at all the revenue we have coming in. I said, yeah. If I was just using day parts, I would just say, oh, it's all in the evening day part. But now because of that, I could get down to could have a good analytics package and just the experience so forth. I said, let's start looking at it by an hourly basis. And so delivery started picking up at 6.30. So 6.30 is 7, strong. 7 to 8, stronger. 8 to 9, stronger. 9 to 9.30, stronger than the hour before. And we would cut off delivery at 9.30 because we closed the restaurants at 10. In day parts, we never would have picked that up. 
Mm, so out of interesting. that, so out of that, we were able to extend the hours, more revenue. So the whole thing was revenue focused versus just, but here bolted on, and we're going to use day parks. Another case in point that I will put out is every restaurant company they have their they have their websites and websites have gone through a transformation in the restaurant industry. It used to be the website website was informational. You know, what's the menu? What's the all the stuff about it? Our locations and stuff like that. Now it's an e-commerce platform. Yeah. So what are you doing to improve the purchases through your website? So now things like SEO, certain you know, uh, all the e-commerce things start coming to play in your website. But if you look at the average guy, it's like we built it, it's static, and we're fine. And we may have a plug-in for some off-premise or you know um, apps or things of that nature. They don't look at it as, ooh, we've got to really start upping our impressions and profiles and things like that. So if you look at an e-commerce site, they're always changing. They're always trying to improve. Restaurants need to start doing this also. Uh, if not, you're going to kind of get left behind. Uh, third point is, and I throw this out there, is don't look at it from your reports coming back in or from the back-end system. Always take the customer's perspective. And I do this by, I said, I said, I was working with our marketing and accounting teams and so forth. And I got on there and said, oh, this is great. We're making good revenue. I said, no, we were actually really, sorry, a little crass Navy guy here. We suck. And they said, what do you mean we suck? <laughs> And I say, look, guys, hey, look. So this application we're using is geolocation. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I go in there and I go, look at that. So our primary restaurant's right here, and we're literally 100 yards away from it. And yet we're down five pages on the application. And they go, oh, that's not good. And then I started looking at it. And I, and I was, took them through it, just a, like we're doing a Zoom or a Teams call. And I take them through the through the site by a screen share. Then I say, why don't we have any images on these? Why is this write-up so poor on this thing? You know, Coke, 32-ounce Coke. Great. Well, how appealing is that? Mm. And then I started looking at the lineup on it. And it had the top item was catering and the top item was this and this is one of the primary delivery apps we're looking at here now. Yeah, and, and so okay, what's that? You know, the thing that's selling the most is ice cream, dessert business, right? Why isn't that number one? E-commerce 101, make it easy for the customer to find the product. Yes. Oh, well, if if you want to improve this, they're gonna, you know, we have to pay for placement. Okay, no, 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 no. We want an organic, I want another algorithm. And they go, oh well, they won't tell us that. I know they won't, but they'll tell me the variables and we can work on it. So sure enough, they gave, you know, we talked to their the rep and got that information, put it in. We made some minor changes to it. And then they didn't say, well, we didn't we want that catering number one. The C that's the CEO's favorite. And the, the CEO was a great CEO. And I just went and said, you know, it ain't selling. You want to do something that sells? He goes, Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. Go do it. Right. And then they still didn't want to do it. And so we just got fed up. And my our point of sale administrator, she said, I've had enough of this. How about if I just do it over the weekend? I said, all right, go ahead, go do it. She did it. She reorganized everything, got everything straightened out and so forth. Five days later, she had a 10% pop in revenue for the company. Oh, my gosh. Okay. 
by doing simple e-commerce things, not to our site, but to the delivery sites. Yeah. And then we, then we started looking at the different columns. So like the dessert column, right? Yeah, I kind of take the team so I go, why does a sushi restaurant have better dessert placement than we do? Oh. We're friends. Oh, that's interesting. So, so we work on it. And then next thing you know, we're ranked, we're topping out one, two, and three in all these categories and everything. And guess what happens? Revenue up. Revenue goes way up. To the point, uh, and, I'll, and I'll probably disclose some numbers here, pre-pandemic, before delivery was even hot, 20 25% of the revenue was coming in through off-premise. Wow. Just call some of the guys that are still in the company, some of my friends that are still there. Those systems that we put in place are generating 45% of the revenue. That is, see, you, you want more money, you got to go to where the money is. You got to make it easy for the guests. You got to create that opportunity because if you don't, someone else will. Someone else will. That's and and, I, and I, I love that idea of leveraging technology for this. But at the end of the day, like you talked about, it's all around the guest experience. And so what, what do you feel like is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? From a technology point of view, it's customer intimacy, knowing the customer. Gone are the days of an email loyalty program, what I affectionately call a spamming program. Uh-huh. I need to start taking a look at what people want. And I, I work in, in data science, as, as you probably do, and I think it's very powerful for restaurant industry. We've got to get to the point uh, from a technology point of view and systems that allow us to go into it and say, can I get to the right product? to the right customer at the right time at the right price point. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. Yep. So in the off-premise now, prices can go up and down. Go, what do you mean? And I go, well, you, we all know this, right? And the airline, it's the guy next to you pay a different price. And you kind of go, okay, right? You kind of know that if you buy that hamburger and have a delivery service, give it to you or some other way. Of, it's going to be more expensive. That. You get going to be more expensive. So I was working with the guys. I says, and they said, I says, you know, I think there's seasonality in our food. And they go, and the CFO looked at me, good guy. And I like him a lot, but we, you know, a lot of joking and so forth. He says, look, tech guy, tell me something we don't know. <laughs> right? Ice cream sells more during the summer. Good on you, tech guy, to finally be able to figure that out. And then I said to him, I said, well. Do we move our prices up 25 cents for ice cream during the summer? And that 25 cents probably to the bottom line, because you're already playing probably 100% markup for that product. So it's 105% to you. And then we're watching it, not on pricing, we're watching the demand levels, how much is selling on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Revenue management, yield management versus pricing. And so the light, and then when, when I said that to him, the light went off in his head. It's like, why don't we charge a little bit more? When people go into off-premise, they, they'll probably lift their pricing up, uh, $8 hamburger. They'll lift it up 50% or whatever high percentage to cover all the costs of off-premise. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go up 50%, why not 51%? Why not break it from a homogenous pricing strategy to looking at demand? 
Yeah, and our and our friends over at Sauce and Juicer, they're uh, they're doing just that. I mean, it's it's incredible to see um, what's what's happening in the restaurant industry and how technology now has gone from the back burner to the front burner. Right? Yeah. It is now leading a lot and of these know initiatives. This isn't new. Mm. So for some of us from back in the eighties, there was an airline called People's Express. It was the darling of Wall Street. It was a value airline to the point they gave you really cheap seats. And you would put, at that time, well, security stuff, you would put the luggage on the plane. But Wall Street loved it. American Airlines said, I had enough of this. And so they they put in a pricing strategy and they crushed People's Express. And 18 months later, it's filed for bankruptcy. Wow. This stuff, and that was in the 80s. So airlines do it, car rental does it, hotels do it. Friggin', um, I was down in my I used to live down in Miami. The highway systems are doing it. HOV lanes at, at night, they're like 25 cents during rush hour, five dollars if you want to use it. Oh wow. Hey, Disney has either they're a little bit customer, they got a little bit too aggressive on it. But they disaggregated their entire, all their package and everything, and they went to revenue management. So they uh, really looking at shaping traffic in their parks. And so on the premium day for Magic Kingdom, which is normally Saturday, you'll pay a 20% premium to go to that park. Yeah. Animal, Kingdom, Animal Kingdom's down, it's a little bit cheaper on that day. And they're trying to shape package, but shape, tra- shape traffic in the parks. But if you want to pay it, They'll they'll sell it to you. Yeah. And so I, so this is so this is not new. Some you know some of the I, some of the CIO's best ideas don't necessarily come from inside the industry. They come from looking at other industries and picking up some of their ideas and bringing it in house. And that's what's so cool is that because you have such extensive, you know, restaurant, hotel, car rental, uh, navy, you know, everything from from missiles to pillows. I mean, like it's cool to be able to take all those experiences and bring it here. Now, um, with that, who, who do you feel like deserves innovation in the restaurant industry? Who, who's someone that we should be following? Of course. I think it's the IT guys. The IT guys. Any, anyone uh, in particular that you that you follow? No, actually, no, not yet. Because um, the what's interesting about the restaurant industry is it's packaged procurement. So we buy a package and bring it in-house. We buy a package and bring it in-house. In fact, actually, the industry overall is in need of standards, i.e., because right now, let's just say you got a, a tech system that you want to need a bolt-on the point of sale. They got to build an interface to that point of sale. They got to build, if they can expand, they got to build an interface to another point of sale. Other than that, they got to build an interface to a third point of sale. It's really inefficient. There needs yeah. to be an industry standard across the board that says point of sale integration for off premise or something like that. Travel and travel and leisure about uh, I guess it was almost twenty years ago. Come out with the uh, Open Travel Alliance OTA to where they created these standards: how to place an order, change it, availability, standard across the board. Everyone developed to it technology exploded in the industry instead of all this point-to-point type stuff. So I think it's the IT guys. I think the Pactus guys are there. 
But the guy that can really integrate all the different products on a piece of middleware is probably going to carry the day. And that's why the guys at Olo, because not so much of what they do from the delivery point of view, but because they are a piece of middleware and can be the integrator, they'll take care of all the integrations. And I only have to integrate on my end to the point of sale. Yeah. Powerful folks. Very powerful. So Pete, should uh, can people find you on LinkedIn, Pete Gibson? People can find me on LinkedIn. I am uh, consulting for different companies and helping to improve. And my background is improving IT teams and taking the business and the taking the businesses up to the next level. Awesome. Well, for filling us from your buffet of tech wisdom, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us on Give Innovation. Thank you, sir. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.